0: God's given you a voice that can sing. I encourage you to prepare songs for our worship service and uh, prepare uh, your your uh, a time so that you can uh, praise the Lord. And the worship service, it will just add to the service, and we, we we need people who will step forward and say, yes, I can do that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that throughout the day of, you know, putting yourself out there to do things that maybe you don't feel comfortable with. And um, I'd like to speak this morning on the subject of our living hope, and where our scripture is found in verse. Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. Have you ever been in a situation that seemed absolutely hopeless? Maybe it was a time where death claimed a loved one and you had prayed and asked God to heal them and they died. Maybe it was a relationship that you asked God to restore And it wasn't restored. You may have begun to feel like there's just not any hope. I'm using the word feel here deliberately. Regardless of whether you feel there is hope or there isn't. There is always hope because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus is alive. Look with me, if you would, the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. If you're physically able, I ask you to stand for the reading of the word of God, starting with verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. And that fadeth not away. Reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Ready to be revealed at the last time. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. And for those you brought together to worship you today. I pray, dear Lord, as we go through this message today. that. You would help us to see that there is hope in the life of a believer. There's hope uh, in our circumstances because Jesus is alive. And if there's any here today that's never been saved that they'll that they'll realize that they need that hope in their life. They need that assurance that everything is going to be okay in the end. Just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to speak to you today of our living hope. Our living hope. Our hope is not in America. Our hope is not in governments. Our hope is not in money. It's not in self. Our hope is in the one who bore our sins on the cross. His lifeless body it was placed in a borrowed tomb, and the third day he came out alive and now sits at the right hand of the Father. It is in him we place our hope. We sang the song this morning, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. We often, we so often we feel that we are at the end of our rope. All that can be done has been done, and there's no hope left. Paul understood that there is always hope, because in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul says... Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, which is our hope. He said that Jesus Christ is our hope. Just what does that mean? Is, is that at, as long as Jesus is alive, we have hope. As long as Jesus has the victory over the grave, we can have this hope. But there's a class of people in the world today that don't have this hope in their hearts. There may be some in the service today that they don't have this hope in their hearts. There are are a group of people that the Bible says... They are without God, without hope in this world. In Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 12, it says, That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Those who have put their trust in Jesus, those who have uh, who have not put their trust in Jesus, those who have not... Uh, yet been saved, the Bible says they are without hope and without God in this world there's only one way to have hope and that's you've got to have Jesus, that's the only way you're going to have hope when you have Jesus, you have hope it doesn't matter the circumstances, it doesn't matter what the stock market's going to do it doesn't matter how your, tur- your kids turn out If you have Jesus, you have hope. It's interesting to note who's reading these words as we read this morning. Who's reading them for the first time? Peter is writing to a group of people who are under persecution. They, They are running for their lives. They're highly persecuted. As they got this letter from the Apostle, and with anticipation they unrolled the letter, they're hurting. They've been persecuted. They've been hunted down like wild animals. People losing their lives. All because they have put their faith in Christ. They are living for the Lord. They refuse to say that Caesar is Lord. And the fury of the Roman Empire has turned against them. They are eager to hear what the apostle has to say. Maybe he will say, hang on, just a little longer. The persecution will go away. Maybe he will say, God is about to unleash a bolt of lightning and destroy your enemies. They open the letter and find that Peter doesn't tell them that God is going to destroy their enemies anytime soon. He doesn't say that. God doesn't tell them that the persecution will end. That's not the message of the letter. Instead, Peter says he wants to remind you of the hope you have in Jesus Christ. When you feel like your whole life is crashing in, we must stop and remember that our hope is in the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. There may be some today that have have hope. But that hope that the preacher is going to tell you today that God is going to, to about to act on your behalf uh, and, and, and all of your circumstances will be changed. But I can't honestly tell you that today. I can't tell you that God's fixing to move, He's fixing to change things. I can't say that. You may be hoping, I'll say, uh, that the enemy that gives you so much heartache at, at, at work... That God is going to take care of them. But I can't say that. What I can say is regardless of your circumstances. Regardless of what's going on in your life. In the midst of the most severe circumstances. That the hope. uh, The the most painful experiences. That your heart can rise in hope. Because today Jesus is alive. He, He is alive. That's what Peter says today to some suffering Christians. He says that that we are a people of hope. There's three things I want us to see about this hope that he talks about in the passage today. There's three things we want to look at. First of all, I want us to see the origin of our hope. The origin of the hope. From where does this hope come from? From where does this hope come from? Uh, Have you ever put your hope in man? Have you ever uh, hoped in man? You put a lot of confidence in what man would do for you? How did that work out for you? Were you disappointed? You feel hurt and betrayed? I want to point uh, you to one that will never disappoint you. Never hurt you and will only do you good. He is the origin, the source of our hope. Three things Peter says about this hope. He says, first of all, the hope is rooted in the mercy of God. Look with me at verse number three. It says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, according to his abundant mercy, we have hope not because of our abilities or our intelligence. We have hope because of our God is a God of mercy. He's a God of mercy. This mercy is a feeling of compassion. We see the condition of someone and not just feel sorry for them, but to do something to change the condition. That's mercy. Our God saw us in our condition, our sinfulness and rebellion and was moved with compassion for us. He didn't just say poor sinners uh, are gonna die and, and go to hell. He didn't say, I sure hate that for them. He didn't, he didn't just say that, but because God had the compassion, he's a compassionate God, he sent his only begotten son to pay for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him. That is mercy. It doesn't make us merciful when we see a homeless person, you say, I just hate that for him. I feel so sorry for him. That's not mercy. Mercy is when you see the suffering. You try to do something to change their situation. That's mercy. That's mercy. Tonight we're going to be uh, dealing with uh, another subject on the same matter. The Good Samaritan. We'll be talking more about that tonight. I hope you come back. But it's illustrated in this story The Samaritan saw a man that had been beaten. He saw him there lying in his own blood. He didn't pass on the other side. He he didn't say, poor fellow, fell in hard times. Instead, he poured wine and oil in his wounds, wrapped up his wounds, put him on his his beast of burden, and took him to an inn and and said he would he would pay for the expenses of the man. That's mercy. He did something. That's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us, all of us. We need the mercy of God. We need the the mercy of God to see our pitiful state and to do something about it. He did do something about it. He sent the only answer, the only remedy for our sin condition. The Bible says our hope is rooted in the mercy of God. Someone may say, I don't know if God has enough mercy for me. Look, look at the mess I've made in my life. Oh, look what I've done, how long I've done it. Look at how far I've gone, how, how long I've strayed from God. Is there enough mercy for me, you might ask? Is the mercy of God great enough? Is it strong enough? Is it rich enough to make a change in my life? Well, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, But God was rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. God is rich in mercy. God sees you today. He sees your condition. And He has mercy toward you. That's why you can be saved today. That's why anybody can save. Because God is a God of mercy. He's a God of mercy. Peter says there's hope. That we have is rooted in the mercy of God. Secondly, we see that this hope is received by the new birth. He says also in verse number three, He hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. He, his hope is received by the new birth. Once again, the only way for you to have this hope is to have Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have this hope. You may, uh, 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 if, if you, you may say that life has treated you harshly. Where can I find this hope? Listen, you're not going to find it from the psychiatrist. You're not going to find it from the counselor or from the therapist. Only Jesus can give you that hope. He says how it comes about. It's by the new birth. He has begotten us again into a lively hope. That means he has redeemed us. He has bought us back. We have been born again. Those who have been saved, we have a new life. Remember the the story of Nicodemus when he came to Jesus by night. He, he said he knew that Jesus was a man come from God because of the miracles he did. And Jesus said you must be born again, and Nicodemus did understand all of that and. He asked, how can a man uh, be born when he's old? And Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Listen, there's a part of the human race that is dead. It is separated from God. and, 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 And that is in your spirit. Spiritually. You are dead in trespasses and sin. But the moment you receive Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit makes your spirit alive unto God. And you have eternal life when you get saved. We're not talking about a new birth that applies to the physical man. We're talking about a new birth that applies to the spiritual man. Do you you need to be born again? This is how we get this hope. This is where this hope comes from. God has extended his mercy toward us. When we get this hope, uh, we get this hope when we are begotten by the Spirit of God, when we are born again. He has begotten us unto a lively hope. That's what verse 3 says, a living hope. Why is our hope a living hope? Because the source of our hope is living. If Jesus is dead, there is no hope. It is a living hope because the source of our hope is alive. Because Jesus is alive, there is no hopeless situations for the the believer. It doesn't matter how bad the day may be and how deep the pain may be, there is always hope because Jesus is always alive. We use the word hope differently today. We hope it doesn't rain today. We hope our team becomes the champions. There is a sense of uncertainty in our use of the word today. That use of the word is never used in the Bible. Every time the word hope is used in the Bible, it is used with a sense of certainty. Sincere expectation. It is assurance, it is confident. When Peter talks about a lively hope, it's not something that's up in the air. It's, it's, it is sure, it's certain. This is the way it's going to be. This is the hope we have in Jesus Christ. What would you think the opposite of a living hope is? If you don't have a living hope, what kind of hope do you have? Is your hope? If your hope is not alive what kind of hope do you have? it's empty it's false it's dead. if you live with a dead hope you're a people most miserable First Corinthians 15:19 says if any in if any this life only we have hope in Christ we are of all men most miserable. no hope Peter said. Our hope is rooted in the mercy of God. And our hope is is received by the new birth. The third thing we want to see is our hope is by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look again, verse number three. It says, uh, Hath begotten us into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is based upon the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ Uh, his body coming out of that grave. Some would argue, well, we don't know for sure if Jesus Christ really rose from the dead. Really? We don't know that for sure if he's still in the tomb. Listen, if if Jesus is still in the tomb, why didn't his enemies produce a, a dead body at that time as proof he was still dead? I mean, if they would have produced a body of Jesus at that time, Christianity would have been dead forever. But they couldn't produce a body. They couldn't show the proof. Acts 1.3 says, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He was received out of their sight, out of the sight of the disciples, and he is in the presence of God today. Jesus is alive. He did, he did not stay in the grave. Our hope is based on the fact that Jesus conquered the grave. Can you imagine the sadness, the overwhelming sadness of burying a loved one without the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? A husband burying the bride of his youth if there's no resurrection. If Jesus is still in the grave, let us eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. But if Jesus is alive, let us lift up our heads and rejoice because one day we will meet again in glory. Our, the origin of our hope comes not from the job numbers or the unemployment index not from who is in the White House our hope comes from the throne of God we see the origin of our hope the second thing, second thing I want us to see is the inheritance of our hope as we look at verse, the end of verse 3 and into verse 4 it says that it uh, has begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. To an inheritance incorruptible. The future of every Christian is bright because all, because we all have an inheritance. I don't know that I'll ever have an inheritance. I, I, I just don't have that in my family to, to pass on anything Maybe, maybe others do but listen I have an inheritance I have an inheritance in glory Amen. it is said that it's undefiled and fadeth not the way he but he doesn't tell us what it is he doesn't tell us what the inheritance is is it a crown with many jewels in it in the crown is, is it a seat of importance in the kingdom of God Peter never says what the inheritance is. But I'll tell you what I think it is. I'll tell you what I think it is. Uh, I, I think it's Jesus. I think, look, look at Psalm, uh, the Psalm 16 and 5. The Bible says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. And he says that inheritance is incorruptible, and impossible to decay. It's, it's not going to deteriorate. What do you know of in this earth that is incorruptible? What do you have? Wood rots, metal rusts, silver tarnishes. Uh, what do you have in your life right now that's incorruptible? There's only one thing that's incorruptible, and that is the inheritance we have in Jesus Christ. If it's true, and it is. Why do we kill ourselves to accumulate a bunch of junk that we know is not going to last? Why do we do that? We would be best to invest in something that's eternal, has an eternal value. Invest in something that, that can't be destroyed by fire or termites. We have an inheritance that's Incorruptible. Amen. Incorruptible. And it says also it's undefiled. In Hebrews, he uses the same word to identify our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, in Hebrews 7, 26. It says, For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. It means to be free without spot or stain. Undefiled. Can you think of anything on earth that is undefiled? Without spot. Without stain. And then he says it fades not away. There's a sense of permanence about this inheritance. Fadeth not away. It's not like a flower that's pretty today. and Then it fades away. Not like a person that lives a a good long life and then they die. This inheritance never fades. Health fades. Wealth fades. Influence fades. We have an inheritance that fades not away. And then it says it's reserved. Reserved in heaven for you. Have you ever had reservations for something? Or at least you thought you had reservations and find out when you got there that you didn't have reservations? Um... The hope we have in Jesus, the inheritance we have in Him is reserved. And there's not enough power in hell to rob you of that promise. When you have an inheritance in Jesus, it is reserved forever. Amen. No one can take that away. Our origin of our hope is in is is the source is Jesus. The inheritance of our hope is it's reserved in heaven. And lastly, when we look at the outcome of our hope. In 1 Peter 1 5, it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. It uses the word kept. Who are kept by the power of God. Verse 4 says our inheritance is kept or reserved. Here it says that we are kept. We are kept. Not only is your inheritance kept, but you are kept. Is there anyone here that needs to be kept by someone other than yourself? How do you think you would do if your salvation was dependent upon your own ability? How how would that work out? We would lose it if it were up to us. If it were up to us. But it is kept by the power of God kept by the power of God my salvation wasn't dependent upon me it was dependent upon God my keeping of my salvation is not dependent upon me but it's dependent upon the one who gave it my salvation is not in my, my hands but it's in, in control of God I received it and he keeps it uh, ready to be revealed it says in the last time He's not saying we really don't know about our salvation until the last time. He's not saying that. When we got saved, it was your spirit that got saved. The moment you received Christ as your Savior, your spirit was saved. Eternally changed from that day forward. That was justification. And as you lived your life... We live out our salvation conforming into the image of Christ. Our soul is being saved. That's called sanctification. It's a process that we go through day by day. Becoming more and more like Christ. The decisions we make are more guided by God rather than by ourselves. It's a process of sanctification. Then in the end when our body will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. This is our glorification. This is our body. Then we will be completely and entirely saved, body, soul, and spirit. But now our spirit is saved. My soul is being saved, and one day my body will be saved. In whom is your hope? Who are you putting your hope in? Is it in things, is it in people, or is it in God? I pray that your hope is not in yourself. Um, it's not in someone else. It's not in things. I pray that you have placed your hope in Christ. I pray that your hope is not in connections or in possessions or things. The only way for you not to be disappointed is if your hope is in Jesus Christ. Have you been saved? Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your eternal destiny is in the hands of God. You're here today and you don't know that. We're going to give an invitation here in just a moment. And if you need to make that right, if you have any doubts at all, you can come forward and we can talk about it. We can share about this hope. Listen, you don't want to go through life without hope. You don't want to go through life without some certainty about what's going to happen after this life the only way for you not to be disappointed is if your hope is in Jesus Christ because if Jesus for life there is always hope if Jesus is our hope we can take about anything can't we we can, we can go through life We can trust in him. We can not give up. Not be discouraged. Because we know. Where the end result is going to be. We know that our faith and trust is in Jesus. He's our hope. It's not in your preacher. It's not in your religion. It's not in your church. It's in Jesus Christ. He's our living hope. And it's available to all of us. And I hope that you have made that right in your life. Don't go through life with no hope. Don't go through life with uncertainty. Go through life knowing that there's a day coming that all of this is going to be behind us and everything is going to be grand because that day is coming Soon, sooner for some than others. We don't know. You say, preacher, I don't know. You know, I might want to live a little bit before I get saved and do some things and then I'll get saved well let me ask you this do you know your birthday everybody knows your birthday most of us, some of us forget it let me ask you this when's your death day when's that going to happen anybody know nobody knows listen you may say you'll do it one day but you don't know when the death day comes and uh, you may not have it tomorrow. I hope that you'll put your faith in Jesus today. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. Get ready for an invitation. If the Lord has spoken to your heart this morning, I pray that you'll make a decision. If the Lord has spoken to your heart about anything else, you need to make things right with God. You need to just talk to Him. You've got burden on your heart. You want to lay it before God. You can do that up here. don't have to do it. Uh, you don't have to talk to me if you don't want to, like to, I'm here. You just need to lay it out for God. Just just do what the Lord leads you this morning.